Hey, what's up, guys? It's Tyler Morton at Agent After Hours. And I had a realization this morning as I woke up and thoughts popped in my head that I'm going to be using this thing a lot. And it's really going to be just a notepad for me to scribble down my thoughts. And I hope you enjoy them. So thank you for joining. Um, but today I'm, f I'm following up to yesterday's episode or yesterday's segments uh, where we talked about, you know, becoming the digital mayor of your town. Uh, I'm going even deeper on that because I, I think too many times, and I'm guilty of this, uh, too many times we go straight for the lead generation and not for the relationship build. And what I'm talking about, I ran an ad this week and it was the dumbest ad you could possibly imagine. Um, but it came recommended by a bunch of my curator buds and it really had a huge impact. I mean, at the end of the day, I spent about a hundred bucks on this ad um, and I reached 40,000 people with it. I had, I think, 1,400 comments and about 385 or so likes on the post. So if you would have told me a year ago to run this ad, I would have said, you're absolutely nuts. Um, but I get it now. I get the relationship building. I'm building, even as dumb as that post is, I'm building trust. I'm building, building brand awareness. But now it's what I do to generate the lead further down that pipeline that's really going to help grow that brand. So, you know, if you don't do anything with what you've created, you're really wasting an opportunity. So if you're creating that post and then not doing anything to follow up, that's like, you know, sending out an email and getting a response and never following up with the response. Um, so I think you need to be cognizant of that and make sure that, you know, you understand what you're doing and who your audience is and what your goal is. So with this post, you know, my goal was engagement um, because I understand you know, I'm not going to get a lead just because somebody sees me post that the post was HGTC, HT, I can't talk, HGTV stars. Um, and if these four came to your door, who would you pick to remodel your home? So when, when I originally thought this idea, I thought it was crazy, but you know, my goal was engagement on this. I saw 40,000 people come through and see my ad. So now the follow up is okay, number two was a winner by a landslide. Here are seven homes that we've handpicked that may have been inspired by Chip and Joanna themselves. Um, and just, just something like that that's really going to resonate with the people that interacted with that ad. It's not, you know, I'm not just saying, hey, they liked my page. Here's a new open house or here's a new listing. I'm really going for what resonated with them because 13, 1400 people comment on this because it resonated with them. So that's my two cents for this morning. Um, I'll have follow-ups throughout the day because I really like Anchor. And uh, again, thank you guys for joining, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Well, practice makes perfect. And as I said, I'm new to this podcast thing, so I hope you guys bear with me. But um, as I, I go back through the audio, I find things that I missed saying or that I wanted points that I wanted to reillustrate. And um, I think, think the big takeaway from the last segment was that you really need to not focus so much on lead gen. I mean, lead gen's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. We generate hundreds, if not thousands of leads uh, per month or per few months. And, you know, that is the ultimate end game is generating leads that we can close on in our business. However, we're going about approaching them a little bit different way as opposed to the past where, you know, my goal was, hey, if we can get a thousand leads a month and we, you know, it's a numbers game, we're, we're going to close 1% of those, you know, whatever it was, it's really about building that relationship now. So uh, I think focus on building the relationships, focus on being 
the point of information in your community as opposed to being the guy that calls a thousand expireds this month or being the guy that knocks on 500 doors. Uh, I, I think that will go further in this industry as we try to establish trust of the consumer. I mean, if you look at the history of real estate agents, the reputation is not great. So I think improving you know, we don't want to be the used car salesman. And I loved selling cars when I did it, but it's because I wasn't a salesman. You know, I wanted to resonate with that consumer or that client and I wanted to help them. I genuinely wanted to be their, you know, their guidance. I wanted to help them throughout the entire transaction. And that, that transferred over to real estate. So I think if you're genuine with what you're trying to accomplish, you're going to have much better results. Time for a moment of clarity. Um, so as I do this podcast, uh, one of the things I realize is too many agents, and I am absolutely guilty of this myself, too many agents jump from thing to thing. And my wife tells me that I have triple S, which is shiny stuff syndrome. But um, you know, the, when I see a new piece of technology or gadget, I jump to it. I'm like squirrel, you know? So I think too many of us jump from idea to idea instead of focusing on what makes us money, what has made us already successful. And, you know, we're looking for the next greatest thing and you're going to have some trial and error involved with that. But I think if you really double down on what has made you successful and be authentic, you're going to have better results. So um, I'm not saying you, you need to, you know, stifle growth or anything like that. I'm not saying that you need to, you know, live in a hole. But, you know, don't be afraid to try things, but cancel them or stop doing them if they're not working for you. Don't don't be afraid to eat your pride because you spent a few hundred or a thousand bucks on something and it didn't work. So and you've got to find what niche works for you. You know, you may not be a Zillow guy. You may not be a guy that runs or a girl that runs Facebook ads. Um, so, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars trying to find what works. Um, but I'm not afraid to if I'm running an ad cancel that ad if it's not performing the way that it should. Um, I just ordered a new piece of technology yesterday, the day before. Uh, DJI Osmo came out with a new gadget, and of course I had to have it. But I think this goes along with what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, it's not, and, and don't get me wrong here, I've bought way too many gadgets in the past that I never pick up or use. And I think that's one of the things that keeps us from succeeding is we're always looking for, hey, I need this piece of technology in order for this to work, or I need this on my website in order for this to work. Well, if you go out and do it, you're not going to need those things. It's That's an excuse. You know, if you have a cell phone with a high-res camera, uh, don't worry about you need this microphone or that microphone or this wide-angle lens or whatever it is. Go out and just start producing the content. Uh, DJI Osmo, the, the mobile edition just came out with a 2.0. I have the 1.0. I use it. I love it. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, the new version, it's basically a camera stabilizer. So it creates really smooth video. Um, but the new one actually goes in, in horizontal, uh, I'm sorry, in vertical mode. So I can actually record Instagram stories, which we've doubled down on because I think they're important on letting people understand who we are as a team. So don't get away from what makes you money by any means, but don't be afraid to try new things. Um, that's my two cents on this one. All right, so I'm going to shift gears here just for a minute 
and, and talk about a, a more micro level versus macro. And what I'm talking about is educating our clients. Uh, what we talked about on the macro level, giving away content and information and informing the public. But on the micro level, we need to do a better job as agents of informing our clients of the little nuances of the contracts that uh, we deal with on a daily basis. But when they buy a house every you know five to seven years, they may forget, they may not be informed, or the contract may have changed. And I'm talking about a specific case for my market and my office of two issues or one issue that's come up multiple times in the last month or two. And it has to do with earnest money. And I think we get too complacent with the fact that, hey, the market's hot, we're rushing through deals. Um, and I'm not saying that we're doing a bad job, but I think we can improve. Uh, I think you can inform your clients and go through, create a cheat sheet, if you will, uh, something my team's implemented. We created a cheat sheet explaining every little section of the contract. And uh, the one that I'm talking about today, more than anything, is earnest money. And uh, with the way that our contract is worded, uh, it, it, the client is not guaranteed to get their earnest money back regardless of the contract cancellation. So if your buyers have an out of the contract due to inspections or financing or whatever, it, it does not matter. They are not guaranteed to get their earnest money back. And that's a huge shock to a client that just put down, you know, a thousand, even, you know, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks uh, on a contract. And, you know, you explain to them that, hey, we can get you out of this deal, but then their money's tied up in escrow for two years unless they want to take it to small claims court. I think that can be really be avoided that that confrontation because they're going to be pissed. I think that confrontation can be avoided though if we do a better job of explaining. Listen, this is your good faith down payment, um, and chances are we can get it back for you, but we can't determine how you're going to get that back. Uh, we're going to try our absolute best, and we work in your interest. But at the end of the day, even if we're holding that money, we can't release it to you unless all parties sign that contract saying that they're going. To, they're willing to release it even though it's rightfully yours. Um, those are the dumb little nuances that we understand as agents, but the clients don't necessarily understand. So nip it in the bud before it becomes an issue and explain it up front.